And then my most recent job working for someone else was for a marketing agency, but it was like, not like marketing agencies that work with bloggers. Like I was working with old men that managed mortgage companies and like, it was a little actually, different. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was the only young female in the room. So. All right. And just like that, we are back again with the mind, the growth podcast. As always, I am Chris Kinghorn. And I'm Eric Hoffman. And today we have a special guest, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So uh, I'll start us off. Tell me in, in your own words and feelings, do you consider yourself an influencer, a social media professional? How do you tell, what do you answer people when they say, hey, Melissa, what do you do for work? <laughs> it's funny because like if it's a stranger I'm like oh I do social media marketing because like if I say I'm a blogger I'm a content creator I'm an influencer like I don't really care they're all interchangeable people right. are like what I don't understand so <laughs> usually I just say I do social media marketing but for people who like I'm friends with or no I'll just say like blogger yeah gotcha so with that in mind do you do you because I know you take uh, your brand very seriously, which is awesome. Do you have a, a brand name, let's say that you tell people when you do interviews or when you promote yourself so that we can, we can figure out a title for this episode? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, it's just always Melissa. It's the same as my Instagram always handle. Melissa. So cool. that's everything throughout my blog, my email address, my everything. Perfect. Always Melissa. I like it. Always Melissa. Cool. So Maybe you can start us off today by giving us a brief history into yourself, how you got to where you are today, what mm -hmm. odd jobs maybe you did before getting into this industry, et cetera, and then we'll take it from there. Sure. It's, I want to say it's like kind of a long story, so I'll try and condense it, but like <laughs> um, I'm turning 35, so I'm not like super young. I know a lot of bloggers are like in their 20s and like they never had jobs and like that's so not me, but I was kind of lost. I went to University of Arizona um, and I was pre-dental and then like my third year I finished and my grades like were so awful and I was like this isn't gonna work I don't even really like these classes I like talking a lot like I've got to get out of this so I like changed my major to something that was like three minors it was called interdisciplinary studies to just like get out and I like worked retail I graduated college and I was like what do I do so I like had this big dream to move to New York City and I was like, I'm just going to like stay in retail. I'm going to save all of my money, live with my parents. I'm going to move to New York. Um, and that's literally what I did. So like moved there um, with my retail job, quit like within a month. And then I found another job and then started working for another company doing like business to business sales. And so I was there for four years and it was great, but like New York weather really sucks. And I was like, I'm <laughs> out of here. So I dragged my husband and our, why well, we had a dog. She was like the stimulus for us leaving. So anyway, we came back to Arizona and like, I had a couple of jobs that were like pretty torturous. Um, and then my most recent job working for someone else was for a marketing agency, but it was like, not like marketing agencies that work with bloggers like I was working with old men that managed mortgage companies and like it was a little actually, different <laughs> I was I was the only young female in the room so but it was really a great job I was there for two and a half years but like 
um, at that time, I think I had like got engaged and I was like 29 and I was just bored. And I was like, all I'm doing is working for other people. Like I have so many other things I want to do. And my husband and I were, well, at the time we were engaged, went to New York again to take engagement pictures. And I like woke up in the morning, like one of the days we were there and I was just like, I think I'm going to start a blog. And I like immediately from that trip, went to my best friend's bachelorette party with like our whole group of friends that's known me most of my life. And I like always did my friend's hair and makeup when we would go on trips since I was like doing everyone's makeup and they were, I like mentioned to them that I wanted to start a blog and most of me thought they were going to tease me. Like I have a twin sister who's like opposite and she was there and every single person was like, no, you should. And I was like, oh, okay. They're all really supportive. Like maybe I'll do this. And I literally went home after the bachelorette party bought my domain name. I just did always Melissa because it like felt just like whatever I shared was just stuff about me with my name. And it like really took off. Like I kind of became obsessed with it and landed here. And that was over five years ago. So it's kind of crazy. Wow. Congratulations. It's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. So are you, are you originally from New York or is your, is your husband originally from New York? So he's from New Jersey and I'm from Phoenix. We met at camp when we were 15. (laughs) So 20 years ago, which is crazy. (laughs) I know. That's awesome. Cool. And I I do have a question that I had later in the list, but I I think it's a good segue now with your husband. How, how has he integrated into your, your brand? Does he like to sit on the sidelines incognito or does he help out in any way? Does he like to appear? Because I know personally I'd have different feelings about that, but how does he view it? How does he work with you? Um, he does not work with me. <laughs> so okay. We, this is so my thing and not his. He's really private. He's more, he's an extrovert or introverted extrovert, and I'm an extroverted introvert. So we're really opposite. So, like, him being in front of the camera is like, Uh, no me I'm like a total ham for the camera like my dad used to always like say that to me as a baby like crawl towards the camera like that was just always something I loved and so we have this understanding that is not a family blog and it's not going to be a marriage blog he will appear in it as maybe max (laughs) once a month but like yeah it's not his thing and like personally it's my baby and like I want full control and so I know a lot of my friends that are bloggers have their husbands like work with them full time. But like, that is not our dream whatsoever. (laughs) So he's on the sidelines cheering me on very supportive, doesn't want to be in it. And that's perfect, perfect for me. (laughs) I, I, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And like, I have two best friends. And one of them is like, all about being in front of the camera too. And the other one is like, don't tag me. I don't want people following me. She's very private. And so I think it's just kind of understanding how everybody has that personality that I have that I like want to be in front of people. So yeah, totally get it. Melissa. So, okay. If you think back to kind of the journey starting five years ago, obviously social media platforms have, have changed quite a bit and kind of progressed. And there's, there's new ones that are now here that weren't there five years ago. How is kind of your your journey um, evolved, if you will, from the different platforms from, you know, starting off with one social media or one kind of bug idea to where you are today? I, I feel like most of it is just being adaptable and like, just not getting set on like, well, this is Instagram, Instagram is what I do. And like, this is how things go. Because literally, you wake up one day, and all of a sudden video is like, 
exploding and you have to adapt. So I just try and be really flexible and understand like I don't own that platform. Like I own alwaysmelis.com. I don't own Instagram. I don't own TikTok, but I try and just enjoy it and not complain about the algorithm or the changes because everybody feels it, not just me. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, that, that's that's perfect, and and I mean we're we're still working through understanding <laughs> the algorithm as well too. It's the 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 consistently changing, and yeah. if you haven't already, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm begging people to please go watch my videos. <laughs> please exactly. like your post. <laughs> yeah, secret secretly we we brought you on here just to get the tips and the tricks from an expert, so we can figure out what the heck we're actually doing what? with this. <laughs> I wish I had like, okay, here's the secret. Like, they're just is not one like sometimes I'll post a video and it like freaking tanks. Like I'll get for me, like having so many followers, like I'll get 10,000 views. That's like totally crap. But then yesterday I posted the stupidest video that took literally five seconds. My assistant was like, that's funny. You should really post that. And within an hour it had 50,000 views. I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Like this was so <laughs> stupid. So, you know, you, I wish I had an answer to even help you guys. So it would help me, but it's just like playing with things and being yeah. consistent and showing up. I'm not sure what that so, says about either you or society as as a whole, <laughs> and I'm not sure I want the answer, but it's an interesting, interesting thought. Go ahead, Chris. I, I actually think right. people right now are just seeking entertainment that is mindless. Mm -hmm. Like there is so much seriousness all over this world. And like, I don't ever feel pressured to post about politics or anything serious at all. Like I'm not going to talk about that because we all have different feelings and I'm not going to change anyone's mind. Like they're going to either love me or hate me like 50%. So I don't know. I just choose to like find joy on the internet. And if it's not making me happy, then I take a day off. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> that, that, I like that. I like that approach. Yeah. Um, so when you think of, okay, so the video that did 10,000 the other day, just that was a total bust, if, if you will. I, for us, that would be great. I, I'm looking forward to 10,000. Yeah. Um, but kind of with that in mind, so what is what is your what is your scale look like for, for if you were going to say you've made it, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Is it a certain number of, of followers, subscribers, what you'd be able to charge for a brand deal? Like what in your head mm -hmm. does it, does making it look like? So I've actually had like, I have like a, a couple of blogger friends that like, we can talk money, we can talk about like, this kind of stuff. And like, not everybody is that way, which is fine. It's a business. I understand not all girls want to like show their cards, but I've got a couple of really good friends that I can chat with. And like my girlfriend Bailey and I were talking, this was like a year ago about this. And it was like, you're always going to feel like there's a number like, okay, for me right now, I'm like, I would love to hit 200 K I've been stuck at like 180 for two years, like literally just stuck. And no matter what I do, it's just staying there. And she was saying like, we were talking to one of our other friends and she has like a million followers. And she was like, you're never going to feel like you made it. You're always going to feel like, okay, you've hit this goal on to the next and you hit this goal and then on to the next. And so I don't think there's ever going to be a number like for me in this industry where I've like totally made it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely does. Uh... So uh, going off of Chris's question a little bit, with your couple of friends, obviously mm -hmm. you mentioned you had one that has a million followers and I'm mm -hmm. sure others as well. Do you look towards anybody that maybe you're not friends with, but you see from afar that you try to emulate in a way, or you try to take things from their growth and apply it to yours? Is there anybody or any brand in mind that you, you look at as like a North star, if you will? I, 
I think there's a lot of different kinds of bloggers. Like there's ones that like make their channel literally a reality TV show. And like, for me, that's like not for me. I love to connect with my followers through DMs and like chat with them. And I'll be totally real about what's going on in my life. But like, I don't always feel the need to like get on and do that. It's like overwhelming for me to share every portion of my life all the time. Um, and I like to set some boundaries. But I also think that when you, in a way, the internet is like copying other people and trying other things. Like there's always going to be funny videos, but like 99% of the time we're all like emulating somebody else. But I think there's finding like your voice and not making it somebody else's. And like, I truly think that's what the success like at this stage, like now I'm in over five years doing this. Like most of the girls that I know have been doing this for like around the same amount of time. And there's this like mutual respect for us with each other, whether we're good friends or not, because we've all been doing this for so long. And it's the wild, wild west. Like there's no answers. There's no support on Instagram. There's no help. So I don't think there's a lot of people I look up to who like I know in real life and some that I don't. And I respect um, whether they post political things or they post just fashion or they just do their everyday life stuff. Like they're really amazing women to follow. And I'm sure people feel that way about me, even though I'm like, I feel like I'm lost half the time, <laughs> but I think they do too. So I think it's just really staying true to who you are and not like faking it. Cause the ones that tried to fake it, did they just, they don't make it cause they, no one knows who they really are. And, and to give just a quick concrete example, it looking at just, I guess, influencers as a whole, mm -hmm. what I would view as maybe a top tier is like a Kim Kardashian type of personality where she, she has several businesses. She's obviously financially successful. Mm -hmm. Is that the type of business or success that you would want to emulate or have for yourself? Or does that look like a nightmare mm -hmm. to you? <laughs> no, she, I think that if you, put someone like a Kardashian in the same space as you and your brain, like you're never going to make it. Mm. Like I, sure. I look at her more as like reality TV socialite, like someone who has really capitalized on her brand, which is genius. And I think that's what a lot of us as influencers do, whether someone has 20,000 followers or a million or 2 million followers. And you know, it doesn't really matter. It's like, what are you going to turn this into? Because Instagram is not just it. So if you follow a lot of girls, you'll see them starting their own brands. Um, so like some people start hair care brands, like clip-in extension brands. Like I started a jewelry line. Like I think it's a matter of kind of taking it into another space and making that yours. So that's more of what I look at. A Kim Kardashian's like never going to be who I am. I'm never going to be on reality TV. I'm never going to have that kind of following. Um, so I don't get inspired by that, but I get inspired by women that I've watched grow throughout the last, you know, four, five, six years, three years. Um, that's kind of more what I like to be inspired by. Love it. Good yeah. answer. Well, well, then it's amazing that you can, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, go. No, it's, it's amazing that you can, you can also then take your, your platform and kind of utilize that and, and grow these other businesses as well too. So that's, it's really exciting to see. Thanks. So, uh, start part of the, part of the mind, the growth podcast, part of our goal is to talk to entrepreneurs and, and people in all different phases, shapes, you know, forms of life, uh, talk from anywhere, talk to anybody, anywhere from CTOs, CFOs, investment bankers, real estates, uh, people, we just got done with the podcast with, uh, with the news broadcast here from, from Vegas. So we're excited to share that, uh, that episode with Jill, uh, coming up soon, but can you walk through kind of at an elementary level what some of the brand deals look like? And we don't necessarily need specifics, but those are obviously an important component um, in those, I'm assuming, change over time based on your following. But 
can you give us the basics of kind of how that works? What what the goal is with them? Um, maybe some companies that uh, are you looking for a deal based on the amount of money that they're going to pay you, or do you more so believe in kind of their mission and what they're doing? Yeah, I know that was a loaded question <laughs> with a lot of different angles, but just as a whole. Yeah, there. So every deal is different. I actually have um, a manager, so I'm under an agency called Shine, and they rep. I've been with them for three years. Um, and they represent fashion bloggers, beauty bloggers, fitness bloggers. Um, and actually, one of the reasons I loved them and signed with them is they've got a lot of diversity on their roster. And they're not just like a bunch of me's. Um, and I think that's super important because there's deals that can come in that are, you know, someone might be a fitness blogger representing a brand that's, you know, fitness related, but they're looking to get fashion bloggers too. So they'll pitch me for that and get me deals. So kind of the way it works is like... I used to pitch a lot myself and then I got my agency and I don't, I'm hands off. Thankfully, I don't have to touch that. So if a brand wants to work with me, whether my uh, agency has reached out or they've reached out to me and I forwarded the email to the agency, um, basically my agency will send them my media uh, kit, which has like my stats on it. They send over like all of my Instagram stories, my clicks, like all of the analytics. So the brand can understand like how many people I can really get in front of for them and also my different channels. So like one thing no one sees is like I have an email blast newsletter with over 5,000 subscribers that are active. And so that's something that we'll include in my media kit because it's not, you can't like go find it. Um, so then they'll send my rates over in that media kit and then the brand will say, okay, well, our budget is X, Y, and Z. They'll negotiate and there we'll get an understanding of like, what are the goals? Because every brand is different. Like I work with Nordstrom where it's just like, you know, they just want to get their name out there. Like it's Nordstrom. They can afford to pay thousands of dollars to influencers to just be like, hey, it's at Nordstrom, go shop at Nordstrom. Um, but then there's like smaller companies that maybe have like an ROI. And so sometimes we'll sign like, okay, they expect X amount of story views or X amount of clicks. And if we don't get it, then I need to do another round for them. Um, so it really depends on the brand. We really try and set the expectation first. And then one of my goals is always to have a longer term partnership, not just for financial stability, but like if you see me share something like this is a good example. I worked with a CBD company and I love CBD. It's helped my anxiety. It's helped me chill out. Like I don't drink a lot and I don't smoke, but like CBD has like chilled me. Um, and I love it. But like, if I share the product for one time, people don't get it. Like CBD is not a quick, like, Hey, look at this shirt, go buy it. Someone will go buy it, you know? So with them, they like, that's like a, we need to work together at least three times so that my followers can like really understand like, Hey, this is benefits here. It is, there's no THC in it. Like it like it's sales too. At the same time, it's not just like product pushing. It's kind of getting people to really understand why something is helpful or necessary or why you should wear this to an event. And so it's really, really important to understand the brand's initiatives so that I'm not failing them, um, which still can happen, but then there's others that are surprised and are like wildly successful. So it just really depends on the initiatives and we always try and set that up. Um, so then once a contract signed, we will establish dates. Whenever product comes, I try and flip things like pretty quickly. Uh, I have an assistant and a photographer and I have a virtual assistant that help me with stuff. So I have like a whole team around me, which is really helpful. Nice. So, uh, 
This podcast could be brought to you by CBDMD, the best CBD on the market. I'm yeah, just kidding. Exactly. Uh, if you guys, if you guys want to pay us, we'll, we'll be happy to <laughs> yeah. take it. But yeah. uh, so going a little deeper into Chris's question mm -hmm. with brand deals early on. So can you give us an idea, maybe uh, a year or two in, I don't know how mm -hmm. early it was when you started to monetize the blog, but mm -hmm. was, were you thinking from a priority perspective more what will this bring in from a revenue uh, perspective or more what's a best fit for me? Because mm -hmm. I would imagine just from the outside that it, as you grow, as more people want to get in touch with you, then you can kind of be more selective versus mm -hmm. just trying to get off the ground. So can you give the listeners an idea of mm -hmm. how that looks early on? Yeah, early on was like, I'll do anything for free. You want to send me stuff? Like, yeah. yes, like I love your company, but it always yeah. was stuff I liked. It was never like, like I'm not taking stuff now. I don't even take PR for the most part. Like I don't, I don't know. It's like, it gets weird. I don't like an expectation of like, well, we sent you like that mascara and you didn't share it. Like when I was early on, this was a hobby and I was just so excited that brands wanted to send me stuff that it was like so fun for me. But now that it, it's been my full-time job for three and a half years, like I take it super seriously. Don't work with brands that don't make sense for me. I don't want to overwork because I think if you log in and see every single day someone sharing an ad, like that's very disingenuous. I don't want to be that person. So we have goals like that. I work out with my agency. Like we want, I want to make X amount with like 10 deals a month, meaning like it could be five posts and five stories and that's it. We don't want to overdo it. Um, Cause truly like I want my followers really trust me. I don't get a lot of hate. Like I'm very straightforward and, how I am. And they, I think, feel that. So even towards the beginning, like I definitely did more, but it was always like brands I would actually buy from, actually shop. I mean, I could look back and be like, oh, that was a bad one. But at the time you like think things are good. So it, it works its way like into like, you kind of figure out your niche and like what you would actually use and stuff like that. So gotcha. no, that makes one well, you're you are your brand mm -hmm. too. So you have to be cognizant and aware of that. That's it's an important piece. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it really is. Like people see through bullshit and hopefully I can swear in here, but like in legit five seconds, <laughs> like <laughs> literally if I'm like, I love the color green and people know me and they're like, you do not like that color. Like just for example, like my followers have been around a lot of them for the whole time. Like they'll be like, oh my God, I remember when you did X, Y, and Z. Like I remember when you quit your job, like yesterday I was, or maybe it was a couple of days ago, I was talking about, um, how I used to wake up at like 5 a.m. and then work and then go to my full-time job and then come home and then work till like 11 or midnight and then work all weekend. And like someone DM me was like, oh my God, I remember those days. And so it's like people stick around because they like trust you and they feel like they're your friend. So I feel like it's just super important to stay true to who I am or this all goes away like real fast. <laughs> so, so far I, we've found out you have a husband, you have a dog, you have an assistant, a virtual assistant, a photographer, a manager. Mm -hmm. So give us give us an idea. What it, What is a day in the life? And I know it's always yeah. changing. So give us an average of uh, always Melissa. What is the, what does that look like now? Because we heard yeah. the uh, 24 hour days before. <laughs> it was brutal, like so brutal, but it was yeah. worth it because I wouldn't be here if I didn't do that. And it also gives me a sense of gratitude for four years. I didn't take a day off and like that's not sustainable at all. I don't recommend mm -hmm. it. Um, I still don't take a lot of time off, but like if I'm tired at two o'clock and I've been working all day, like I'm taking the rest of the afternoon. Um, 
So a day now, I usually wake up around six. It's hot. So like you guys are in Phoenix, right? I can't, yep. I'm scared of snakes. So if I want to walk the dogs before it gets too hot for their little paws and before snakes come out, I got to get them out. So I usually wake up really early, walk them, come home, work out, get my life together, check my emails. Um, I have my assistant that's here in Arizona. Um, she is at my house at least two days a week, every Tuesday, Thursday for like four hours. And then I send her home a lot of times with like work, like just small things that she can help me out with. Um, and then I, my virtual assistant, and I usually talk every day except Saturday and Sunday. She's actually in New York city. I found her through a friend who's a blogger that I trust. I like, was like, I know you have an assistant. Who's your girl? <laughs> That's how I got her. <laughs> um, and her, her name's Ariana. She's so awesome. So I talk to her every day for the most part. And she basically helps me create, um, like copy for my blog posts, for my email blasts. She helps me with my collages. She does a lot of like busy work that like I spent four years doing that I just like cannot do and sustain this business on my own. So she takes a lot of like the busy work off my hands. And then the photographer I have, my assistant takes a lot of my pictures, but I have a photographer. Her name's Sky. She's local. If anyone's looking for a great photographer, I love her. Um, she basically does all my like images for my earrings. She's awesome. Any studio shoots that I want to do. And then if my assistant is busy, like I'll hit her up and she's definitely more expensive, but she's so good and she'll help me make like videos if I need them. So I have her maybe like twice a month, depending on what's going on. Sometimes less time, sometimes more. And uh, my agency and I talk every day and they're probably really sick of me, but we love each other, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I've been with them for three years, so I hope they love me. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess like every day is a little bit different. Tuesday, Thursday are mostly my content creating days. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is like, like just busy work, getting stuff done that like needs to get done for brands and planning and prepping and all of that. And then I still work on the weekends to get some random videos done. Gotcha. So what, what so is 24 seven? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. When, when you're spending on things like photography or, or anything else, what amount, if any, is more of like a barter system versus actually paying a specific rate? Because mm -hmm. I imagine with, you know, bloggers, influencers, etc., there is obviously a value mm -hmm. to a certain amount of exposure mm -hmm. and things like that. So is that something you deal with or do you just try to keep the business relationship as clear as possible? Um, <laughs> with like my assistant's photographer manager, like they deserve money. Like they get paid. My agency yeah, takes 20% yeah. of the deals they book me and that's it. In terms of like barter, like what else would you mean? So like, for instance, just using the photographer mm -hmm. as an example, like let's say you were in a pinch and this photographer wasn't mm -hmm. available, but you found another one. Would you maybe pitch it as, listen, you know, I know you charge 500 bucks mm -hmm. an hour, but it, you know, I'll, I'll shout you out on Instagram to 180,000 mm -hmm. people if you can do it for 150, you know, that, yeah. that type of example. So like back when I first started, there would be photographers that would, were new that would reach out and say like, Hey, I'd love to shoot with you. And like, I did it a couple times, but like, there's like gotta be a magic with some people. And like, sometimes the pictures would just not mm -hmm. be me and it just wasn't great. So I actually try and steer away from doing that because people hit me up for free shit all the time. And like shout outs, like I literally, and this is not hating on anybody, but like, I have gotten phone calls in like the last week from like people that I haven't talked to in like 
one, 10 years and four years, literally phone calls. I thought they were accidents and butt dials. And I was like, why are they calling me? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we should, it's always, we should go get coffee. And I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> really? then it's like, um, or so like my husband, like got a friend whose wives will be like, oh my God, I'd love to pick your brain. And I honestly, like it, it's like, you know, take me to dinner before you want to sleep with me. Like, you know, you just kind of feel like kind of icky about it. And I don't like feeling used. So I try not to do that to people because I do feel like time is money and people don't need to work for me for free. So I really steer away from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, that, that's probably the best moral and ethical way to do yeah. it too. So props, oh, props on you. that. I would still shout out friends. Like the thing is my core group of friends that I've known for most of my life, like they give no fucks about what I do for a living. Like they love when I give them free stuff. My sister won't even take my clothes. Like she doesn't even care at all. Like they just know me and know like this is like who I am and this is fun. But like it's also my job. Whereas people who haven't talked to me or seen me or know me for a long time, like I think they just see me as a business opportunity. And it really doesn't feel good. Like it really feels awful. Even we went to like my husband's friend's house and I was like his wife and I had talked on Instagram and I knew she followed me. And I was excited to meet her. But I also get kind of weird because like. Sometimes people are weird and treat me like a celebrity and I'm, I'm not. I'm literally just a girl next door. And so she was so cool. And then I came home and had all these weird DMs from her. And I was like, oh, my God, you just freaking killed it. I thought we were going to be like friends, <laughs> you know. So I just don't ever want people to feel like that. I really just want people to feel like, you know, I'm not going to take advantage of you. I know you work really hard. Like I'll compensate you for your time. Yeah, totally. Um, so you had mentioned your jewelry, uh, jewelry, geez, I, that, I don't know why, but I struggled with that word. <laughs> you had mentioned yeah. your line. Can you give us, uh, some, some information about that? When did you start it? What do you, what type of product do you offer? What's, what's the breakdown? Um, so I launched back in November last year and it was like a quick, like there's like 150 units. We sold out really, really fast. It's earrings. Um, you guys can kind of see them. So I've got a million earrings. I've had like 14 holes since I was like 18. And so I have a couple new ones coming out, which will launch hopefully in June. Um, and basically I'm kind of taking it slow. I have a business partner, which has been so awesome. Like they are well rehearsed in the jewelry side. They take care of all the customer service. They've been amazing. Their name is Crave. I know they work with other influencers, not just me. Um, but I own all my designs. They're all me. And so they basically execute that with their vendor and then work to get them to the market. And they're affordable. It's called Label M Designs. The Instagram's really crappy. It's funny because like I'm really good at doing my own. And then my business one, I'm like, I need to hire somebody like to take this. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to give it to my assistant, my virtual assistant and have her handle it. But like, yeah, I just, I, lo I love jewelry. It's always been a dream of mine to have my own line. So we're kind of just walking before we run and making sure people really like the designs and then going from there. And did they approach you for this opportunity or did you approach them or some so combination? So it's a really crazy fate thing. Um, I had already gotten some prototypes on my own through an amazing jeweler in New York. Her name's Katrina Brockus and I love her and I hope I get to work with her one day. But my husband and I at the time were building a house and I was like, I can't front. Like, I don't want people to be investing in me. Like, I just can't front thousands of dollars right now for this. Like, we're buying a house. I don't want to be stressed out. So the second I closed that door with her and I was like, I hope to work with you in the future that day, I got an email from Crave and they were like, Hey, like, this is what we do. We work with bloggers. We're trying to get this off the ground. Like, and I got on the phone with the girl. Her name was Katie. She's not there anymore, which is like devastating, but she basically started her own jewelry company 
And then a blogger had reached out to her and said, I want to create my own line. And so it flipped from her creating her own jewelry line and trying to get that off the ground to like, she knows how to create jewelry. She's going to now get bloggers off the ground. And so it was like just the most organic, like fate situation. And like she and I just clicked so well. And like the guys that um, own the company who were her original investors are incredible. Like we, I've been through a lot in the last year and they've just been so supportive and so kind and I just love them. So it all just happened like very naturally. And it was in my opinion, just so meant to be. Yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll drop a link below in the description if you want us to, uh, that way everyone's got access to it. Yeah, absolutely. So we talk about real estate quite a bit on, on our show and you had mentioned building a house and kind of going through that Mm -hmm. process. What was that like? When, when did you guys do that? And, and kind of what was your process? Um, So we got really lucky. We got our lot, um, I think November, 2020. So like really before everything went nuts, like our exact model is selling down the street for double. Um, so we just are super fortunate. Yeah, we got really lucky. And we <laughs> yeah. like bid on our lot and like got it the first time. So it it was honestly the whole situation for us like happened real easily. So that's how we knew it was meant to be. I'm really type B and laid back and nothing really bothers me, even though I'm very outgoing. People kind of don't get that from me. But like I had no complaints about the process. Like we really enjoyed it. My only complaint was like the design meeting our design lady was awful. Like <laughs> she's just, they weren't let us touch anything. Like they didn't offer any recommendations if we'd ask questions. Like they were just like, not great. But our sales guy was awesome. Like the builder did a great job. So we're really happy. We're taking it slow. We did not like our designer, like I said. So we didn't actually do a lot with her. We were like, you know what? We'll just pay cash later and we'll take it slow. Um, so she got a pretty, pretty low commission from us, (laughs) but we're happy. And, um, we just finished our backyard. So we're really excited about that. Just in time for a sweltering summer. We have a pool. (laughs) We, um, got in a lot of arguments with the pool company because they just didn't want to work. Yeah. (laughs) But it's done. (laughs) Nobody, nobody wants to work these days. That's, that's, it's in the real pandemic. It it, It is. And like, we literally had a dirt hole for five months. And finally, I th- I literally, I'm so chill till I'm not. Like, I'm like, if you push me and lie to me, I will not be chill. And so the second I figured out our project manager yeah. had been lying to us for five months, I lost my mind. I called the pool company. I called every single person that I could get their phone number. My husband called the front desk to get in touch with whoever could come finish. And within two more months, we were done. So it sucked for two months. But they finished. Yeah. Oh, glad it yeah. glad it happened because <laughs> yeah. that is a nightmare. So shifting back mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, for your future next five years, let's say, you you have the jewelry line that you're pushing out slowly but surely. Uh, do you have other projects in the pipeline or other plans that you're hoping to push out or achieve over the next few years? Oh, yeah, I feel like I'm always thinking of other things that I want to do. Um, you know, like one of the scary things with Instagram is like, I don't own it. It's not mine. It's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no control over how many of my followers are actually seeing me. Um So like a lot of what I'm thinking is like, what are best next steps for me to like own another kind of business? And so that's where like label M jewelry came out. And, um, I kind of want to get like a business coach and someone who's like started their own businesses and is really well rehearsed in it to like help me. Cause I'm pretty ADD and have like 7,000 ideas. And I'm like, I can't 
do 7,000 things at once. So I need to like focus and be better at delegating so that I'm not like bogged down by just doing social media so I can start other things. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like once you start one thing, like I feel like you can start anything um, from the ground up. So mm-hmm. I'm like not scared to dive in and fail. I just want to figure out what the next thing is. So. Yeah. And then also being the fact that you had the reach too. So that's that's one of the hardest the things. You've got a brand mm-hmm. that you've already built and you've got a following. So those are two of the, the most difficult things to, to build. From there, you can you know, figure out how to kind so of expand. Yeah, no, right, it's exactly. true. Having an audience is, I mean, it's interesting. Like you kind of, for, I, I kind of forget, you know, how like great it is until um, someone calls me from 10 years ago that wants to get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. pick your brain. Yeah, I really like to pick your brain. And you know, it's funny because like, there's really yeah. no secrets in Instagram. Like, if I had a contact that was telling me like amazing things, I'd start my own podcast and be telling everyone on in- like, "Hey guys, you should pay for this course." Like, I know all the secrets, but like, it's just hard work. Like, it's like figuring out what works for you and like doing that over and over and over again. Got it. So, a uh, secondary question to the earlier one: Are you? We also talk a lot about investing and we're both into the uh, crypto world. So do you do you invest at all right now? Do you have people that do that for you? Are you at all interested? Uh, are you aware of crypto? Do you like crypto, Web3, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, so like, I don't know, four years ago, my brother was like, you got to buy this blah, blah, blah. And I just had to come over, take my money. <laughs> plug in what I needed to get, put it on my phone, and I haven't looked at it since. So I have no idea what's in there, but I do have some. <laughs> you could be a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I thought there's like $100 in it. I think I gave him a thousand. I was like, you can put a thousand dollars into this, but I would love to. We, My husband and I were just talking about how we want to invest more and we just need to find like the right person to help us because like the financial advisor that I know is like a family friend and I'm like I don't know how I feel about him seeing my money you know so yeah. <laughs> I would I would yes I'm interested I would love to know more tell me whatever I need to know <laughs> <laughs> well first thing you want to do is I'm just kidding I'm not yes. going to get into financial advice on the show <laughs> yeah but I I will say that I've we've been seeing a lot of interesting things in the Web3 world that relate to influencers and kind of what you were talking about before, where you don't own the platform, which Mm -hmm. is Instagram or Facebook or even TikTok. But there, I think over the next few years are going to be things coming out that are more of a decentralized concept where you do actually own your platform that you put out into whatever social media Mm -hmm. market that is created. And that that's really fascinating to me because, I mean, you're basically giving advertising dollars to Instagram mm-hmm. by just being on it mm-hmm. versus monetizing it yourself, even though there is ways to monetize your audience. It's just yeah. not as seamless as I think it should be. So be on the lookout yeah. and we'll we'll keep you in the yeah, loop with <laughs> whatever we find. But I think well, that NFTs, a, NFTs yeah, could exactly. be a really cool play for yeah, you as well. Yeah, what is too. that? I've heard this acronym and i'm like i don't don't know what that is (laughs) do you want to go for it chris or you want me to take that (laughs) i I love your explanation so go for it okay so nft we're about to nerd out here so my old boss used to say i was like this is probably really weird that he would say this but he was cool he would be like you're a total nerd just wrapped in like a prettier package and i was like thank you like i think that's a really big compliment (laughs) i agree i agree 
So quick, quick answer. NFT, it's an acronym, which means non-fungible token. What that means is it's a one of one. So the, the clearest example you can give is like a baseball card. There's trading cards that have existed for 100 years now, and they create a certain amount of trading cards that you can collect. NFTs are similar in the sense it's a digital version where there's a code that you can apply whatever you want to it. The most common use case now is digital art or a picture of a monkey or something like that, where there's a, uh, a digital code that's attached to a ledger that you can prove that you own this piece of art. And that's, that's the whole concept behind it right now, where it's a collectible and it appreciates in value, supposedly. I think the longer term uh, benefit and use case of NFTs is for a lot of different business functions. And there's more recently been some talks about uh, these, it's a terrible name, but soul bound mm -hmm. NFTs, where instead of having, let's say, a driver's license or a passport or even a college degree, where you could have these digital entries into your own you know, blockchain mm -hmm. ledger, that are attributed to you and you personally that can't be transferred to anybody. And rather than having a piece of paper that you may or may not lose or somebody else having mm -hmm. to account for it, you can have it just clearly online, digitized and permanent forever. So there's there's lots of different use cases around it. But right now, the main the main one is to collect digital art. <laughs> and some musicians are getting into yeah. it, too, which yeah, I, think I mean, is cool. that makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> cool. So uh, the way we usually like to end it is um, asking a question. And the question is, what does the word growth mean to uh, you? Growth to me is more personal. Like it's not getting stuck in who you are. It's like adapting and learning about yourself. Um, like just with time, like I've changed so much over the last 10 years, just thinking about like, my 24 year old self moving all alone to New York city and then coming back and then working for myself. Like you kind of figure out who you are. So growth to me, is just like figuring out who you are as a person, not necessarily like growing a platform. Great. Answer. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Great answer. Cool. Well, we are grateful. You were uh, kind enough to make an appearance with us and um, everybody go follow and check out always Melissa and her new jewelry line. Uh, remind it's me, label it's, M uh, designs. label mm -hmm. M designs, get, get all your jewelry, label M designs. Remember that name. Well, it's going to be so huge. I'm going to have Thanks. to bust out my pierced ear yeah. again. I haven't worn an earring for years. But we'll see if I can <laughs> my husband, back my daddy there. and my brother all have their ears pierced. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. For for all genders, all sizes. <laughs> Maybe Perfect. take the charm off first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thank Thanks you again, guys. Melissa. Thank you. Bye.